Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Back to another edition of Super Coach Edge, where we'll be bringing you all of the insight, analysis, and hopefully the edge for season 2021. My name's Damon, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Liam. How are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad, Damon. How are you going? Yeah, not too bad. I'm actually um, holidaying up in uh, the sunny coast of Queensland at the moment, so yeah, uh, living up a bit. Yeah, lucky. Just taking a little bit of a little bit of a break away from um, from life, work, and uh, and Super Coach. Although uh, I'll say that um, <laughs> now recording uh, our third podcast up here in the hotel room. So um, no, I can't get away from Supercoach. It's always a always a, a love of mine. It's probably the bane of uh, my my fiance's existence, but um, that's a different story. But um, before we jump into the show, where can our listeners find us? So on Twitter, you can find us at, at Supercoach underscore Edge. You'll find Damon at, at DamoJ88. You'll find myself at, at Al underscore Evans underscore 95. And on Facebook and Insta, just search Supercoach Edge and you'll find us there. Very, very nice. Hit us up as always with any of your questions, uh, team lineups or you know anything else that you want to pick our collective Supercoach brains with, um, feel free. But um, today's episode, what are, we, uh, what are we actually talking about today, Liam? Yeah, so with round one fast approaching, uh, we figured now was the perfect time to discuss the various options uh, that people are, are wrestling with in constructing their lineups. And in doing so, we'll be introducing our newest segment called Compare the Pair, where we'll be analysing the pros and cons of two players that many of you are trying to choose between for the one spot in your sides. Yes, of course, that's that's one thing that um, has been racking everyone's minds, I imagine. Um, <laughs> but we'll also be answering some of your hottest questions and finishing off by giving exclusive insight and exclusive <laughs> insight into our lineups as they stand 
heading into round one. So uh, that's that's um, something to look forward to. Yep. And uh, Damon, do you want to mention the uh, competition? Ah, yes, of course. We've also got some exciting news about a competition that will grant you exclusive access to our Supercoach Edge Discord for free, which is normally only accessible through our Patreon. And uh, just in terms of how we're going to do it, we're going to be randomly selecting 10 lucky listeners. And all you have to do is follow us on Twitter, retweet the competition tweet, and DM us the secret code word, which you'll hear later in the episode. So stay tuned. Alrighty, off the back of that, let's jump into our first segment, which is the week that was. I don't care if Monday's black, Tuesday, Wednesday, hard to tell, Thursday, never looking back, it's Friday, I'm in love. So first up, uh, from the Amy Community Series, uh, we, we did get a, a, a first look at the impact of that new man on the mark rule. Uh, so we saw that, you know, you can play on at any opportunity and that benefits the elite ball users uh, being able to take take that lateral kick and also the ability just to play on straight away. Absolutely. And there was a, there was a few guys that actually stood out off the back of that. And that's uh, that was Jaden Short, um, who was one that, that caught my eye and yours and I'm sure yeah. a lot of the Supercoach community because his, his ownership percentage just skyrocketed. <laughs> he scored 165 points, which was just insane. And just, you know, he, he, like you mentioned, he was playing on at all costs. He was running and gunning. Um, he was kicking laterally. He wasn't just kicking straight down the line. So I think it's going to, you know, like you mentioned, I think it's going to really add an element of uh, unpredictability um, yeah. and excitement playing out of defence. So um, he's one guy that's, uh, that stood out. Yeah, so we've also got uh, Caleb Daniel from the Bulldogs. He had, a, he had a big game as well, scored 141. I didn't get to catch that match, but by all reports, he was he was doing just exactly the same thing. Elite ball user, um, being able to just play on and, and use his kicking skills to the best of his abilities, which just, just obviously helped skyrocket his scoring. Yeah, he's, uh, his disposal efficiency for that game was 91%. So... <laughs> Yeah, he's he's always been known to be a really, really elite user of the footy. So uh, he's one guy to really look at. And he's one guy that I was chopping and changing between Jaden yeah. Short uh, and himself. And I'm yeah. still undecided. It's it's kind of a flip of the coin. But I think I'm, I'm going to make a – it's not really a bold prediction. I think it's quite an easy one at this stage. Anyway, I think those are two guys that are going to feature in the, the top six uh, come the end of the season. So you'd want to jump on either or. It just probably yeah, comes definitely. down to you know your, your structure and how much money you've got to spend. But just rounding out, uh, you know, the sort of the top three guys that that really stood out for us. The other guy was uh, was Jordan Ridley of uh, your team, the team the yeah, Dons. Love him. Uh, scored 110 points and um, probably leads us in a nice little segue into uh, kick-ins. And he was one guy who really, yeah. really uh, had a chunk of the footy in defence. He uh, he took all seven kick-ins and played on every single one of them. He's one guy who probably is spoken about in that same bracket as Short and Daniel, who you could probably say will finish in the uh, the top six defenders come the end of the season. Definitely. I think after his, his sort of breakout season, in a sense, last year, I think um, it looks like he should be able to continue on that form this year, uh, which is really exciting, I think. He's one that I hadn't really been considering before this, but now I think, yeah, he's one that, that, that could make his way into my team before the start of round one. Absolutely. And there was a few other guys as well, which we noted down in terms of you know, having a, a, a quite a sizable load of, of the kick-ins. Yeah. And one of those guys was uh, was Jack Zebel. He had nine and played on with seven of them. And you noted as well, Luke McDonald, he actually uh, took over at one stage. Is that right? Yep. He um, took over as well. And, and I think had about six kick-ins and played on from, from most of them off the top of my head. And uh, just in terms of uh, his scoring as well, Zebel, he scored 107 Supercoach points. So he's probably exceeded my expectations at this stage. I, I always knew that he was going to come up 
you know, it was obvious a value selection, but, mm-hmm. you know, to come out and, and score as well as he did in a new role um, as well in defense. I mean, we, we know that he's played through the middle and had stages up forward, but now it's, he's in a role that's, it's completely new to him and um, to score that well first up is, is really, really pleasing to see. So if you haven't got him for some reason, get him in. Yeah. Especially that price. Absolutely. And the next guy um, who we've, we've jumped on late. I, I think you've still got him in your team, don't you Liam? It's Hayden Young. Is that right? You've still got him? Um, not currently, unfortunately. Ooh, uh, he's just well. made way. He's just <laughs> made way. I uh, I moved him up to a to a to a primo, uh, but oh, he's he's okay. definitely uh, possibly making his way back in, depending on how I decide to structure my team. Um, <laughs> but in that, that that being said, he he did have seven kick ins. Uh, he played on from five, um, five of those um, for a score of eighty three. Um, mm. The one thing, obviously, to to consider there is that Luke Ryan didn't play, um, and so. You'd, you'd expect that he, like Luke Ryan, would be taking more of the kick-ins as well. Um, so you may see a, a bit of a drop there with Hayden Young, but I still expect to see that he'd take some of the kick-ins, definitely. Just just in terms of Hayden Young as well, one thing that really stuck out to me, looking at his stat line, and I was surprised after seeing a, you know, snippets of the play, was he actually finished the game with zero marks. And uh, mm. I think it was, I don't know if it was the previous episode or the very first episode, I mentioned that I think he was averaging six marks a game in his last three games of the season in 2020. Mm-hmm. And that was a real, real big part of his scoring game. And the fact that he was able to score 83 off Without, the bat, not even yeah. getting a mark, is uh, is really amazing and probably shows that he does have a higher ceiling than that of 83. So, um, yeah, I mean, I definitely factor in the fact that Luke Ryan didn't play, but I think it's it's really promising signs on the horizon for, for Hayden Young. You know, off the back of that, uh, Caleb Daniel as well, 141 points he scored. He had six kick-ins and played on from all six. So that's probably indicative of his, uh, of his high scoring, which is always a good thing. Uh, Jaden Short, which we spoke of before, had five kick-ins, played on again from all five, which again is is awesome, <laughs> scored 165. Uh, the other guy who has really stuck out and I think has been a sort of a point of contention uh, amongst the Supercoach community uh, because he will, we'll name him first up. It's uh, it's Clark from, uh, from the Cats. And he had yeah. seven kick-ins and played on with six and scored 119. Now, I've seen a lot of people jump on him, and I think his his ownership's grown into the yeah, quite a lot. to the high 20%. So, um, you know, the, the main sticking point for me yeah. is he still, to me, lacks that assurance in you know the first 22 role. Um, and I think it was um, Tim Mitchell said on uh, on Twitter the fact that. He said, you know, are you selecting him? And I said, no, like I'm, I'm definitely not selecting him because of the yeah. fact that, again, small sample size, he's played one game or he scored out of the box. But, you know, you've got to you've got to remember that Higgins has come into the team, Isaac Smith's come into the team. Yeah. And he was finding it hard to break into the team last year before these two guys came in. So, Duncan you know, didn't play as well. Duncan didn't play, good call. Um, like you've, you've got to remember that their midfield is absolutely stuck with talent. Yeah. And unless there's a, unless one of these guys gets injured, I'm really going to find it hard for him to to play, you know, a permanent role in the midfield or even even in defence. That's a thing like, you know, he played on from six of those seven kick-ins. Can we see him having a bulk of those kick-ins? Um, who knows? Because yeah. there's another guy as well who we noted in Stewart from the Cats. He actually took five kick-ins and played on from four and scored yeah. 133. So, you know, is there a chance that these guys could coexist in, in the back line together if Clark isn't running through the middle or along the wing? Who knows? But um, there was another guy as well, which uh, which you noted down. 
Yep, Isaac coming from uh, from GWS. He had eight kick-ins and played on from six of them. He's one that had been considered uh, in that backline role as a mid-pricer. Didn't score super well off the top of my head. I think he scored in the 60s. Yep. So, so seeing that with knowing the fact that he actually played on from had eight kick-ins and played on from six of them does sort of uh sort of cement the idea that i'm not not going to be picking him in my side this year i just don't think he's worth the risk there no exactly right just an awkward price point and there's no assurance that he's going to have any um i guess consistency in his game with uh, with his high scoring yeah. but um that leads us on to the next discussion point in the week that was and that was of course williams getting suspended zach williams the big recruit for my mob in Carlton. I was disappointed to see he's been rubbed out for the first week, but what can you do? Um, one thing which I think a lot of people are wrestling over is, uh, you know, who are the alternatives to bring into the yeah. side? Um, two, I think we've already mentioned from the top there and Jaden Short and Caleb Daniel, both high scoring, uh, both elite ball users. And the one thing which we probably didn't mention with Short is the fact that Bashel Hooley is going to be out for a little time as well. I'm not too sure when he's coming back into the Richmond lineup, but those two guys, I think, were, were always clashing because they play a very, mm-hmm. very similar style of game. Um, but I think for me, if Hawley's out, and I'm probably thinking this is going to be Hawley's last season of AFL, um, and they're going to be wanting to pass the bat. And so even when Hawley does come back into the side, I think Short has shown that he's, he's quite capable of playing that role and yep. he's playing it on a, on a consistent basis. So for me, if I was selecting between those guys, like I said before, I've, I've got Short at the moment, but you know, you can't go wrong if you're selecting between Short and Daniel, but I think it's going to set you back an extra, I think it's about an extra 60, 50, 60, 70 K maybe uh, in terms of upgrading from a Williams to one of those guys. But um, yeah, you, in my mind, I think you've got to, you've got to upgrade. There's no one really else around Williams's price that I'd be you yeah. know, confident in, in, uh, in rolling the dice with. What do you think? Uh, I've personally upgraded to Daniel um, from mm-hmm. Williams. The, the strategy you take depends on what you're playing for. If you are just playing for head-to-head wins um, in the league, you can probably take him in. They don't start till round three, so so there's no real concern about him not missing out on that first game. Um, but obviously, if you're playing for overall, there's no point taking him because you just know that you can get that get that donut in round one and there's not a great deal of uh, of depth in the rookies um, in the defensive line to uh, to make up for that either. Exactly. We're, uh, we're sitting back looking at the, um, the lack of rookie options and we're just saying, where are you? <laughs> yes. And the, uh, I, I guess I, I did say before, it's probably worthwhile upgrading, which is always uh, the one thing to do if you've got the spare cash. But if you don't, you can carry on what we, what we spoke about last week, which is the mid-price <laughs> madness. Um, and there were a couple of options that really stood out uh, in terms of their performances yeah. on the weekend. And one of those guys was, uh, well, he was one guy that, that I was really really uh, bullish about, and that's that's uh, Harms from, from Melbourne coming at 344,700. He only scored 72 points on the weekend, and I say only because he had 20 CBAs, um, and that was in a midfield without Oliver, yeah. Viney, and Brayshaw. So, you know, I was expecting, you know, a 90-plus game from him to really yeah, fill me with confidence in selecting him. Um, I'll throw it to you, Liam. What do you reckon? Is it worrying signs? Yeah, I, I have a feeling that it probably is. Um, obviously, they did play uh, play the Bulldogs, and they have what the like such such a strong midfield there. Mm. Um, but obviously, we, as you mentioned, that Oliver Viney Brayshaw didn't play, um, so there was he wasn't competing for anyone for those CBAs. He won't get that many CBAs you'd expect um, in the season proper, especially when yep. Oliver Viney and Brayshaw all come back in. Um, 
so you'd, you'd expect more of a rotation. So I think it is it is quite worrying to see that he only managed to score that seventy two. And there was a, another option as well that um, we mentioned him briefly uh, last last episode. Yeah. And that's Liam Duggan from the West Coast Eagles coming at 448600 And again, he's at that awkward price point, but he really scored well on the weekend. He scored 98 points. Mm-hmm. And that was surprisingly only from eight CBAs. So he, he didn't play primarily through the middle. Uh, he throw, he played through there in stages. Um, and now with Shuey being ruled out for round one alongside Yo, you'd think that Duggan's going to spend more time in the midfield, yeah. probably more so than what he did on the weekend. But... Um, yeah, for me, like the fact that he still was able to score 98 points still reflects his ability to score even when he's not playing exclusively in the engine room. So, you know, I think you can probably select him with more confidence than you would Harms. But again, that's he's, you know, $100,000 more expensive than yeah. Harms. So he still comes with an element of risk. Um, and it's something that we spoke about off air. Probably yeah, delve into that a bit more if you can, Liam, just about his value and I guess why you'd be selecting him. Yeah, so I think at that price point of 448000 um, you're really picking him as a keeper. If, if he makes 100 k he's sitting at 550 So mm. he's realistically sitting there as, as a keeper option um, and someone that you want to keep. So for me, I probably wouldn't want him. Not don't want him, but uh, he's a bit of a risk. I think I might yeah. might want to wait and see how he goes um, and, and see whether he does shore himself up as that, that top six uh, defender option. Mm, he definitely could like you know we're not ruling him out entirely because no, no, it no. is the preseason. there's a lot of speculation but um yeah at that price point you want to be really really sure about things and i know like warsfold not warsfold sorry it's a thing in the old page <laughs> uh, simpson's come out and he's and he's said he's pretty much all but guaranteed that he's going to be playing a little bit of time in the midfield which is good um but i'd, I'd want to see how he is playing through there when he's playing in there exclusively mm-hmm. and for that price point i just i can't I just literally don't have the money to spare, to spare <laughs> on him. Otherwise, I would probably bring him in. But, you know, when I'm weighing it up alongside options like a Caleb Daniel or, you know, a, a Jaden Short, uh, you know, the, those two guys uh, come in ahead of him because they've got the runs on the board. Yeah, definitely. Next discussion point, it is... Who let the dogs out? Yes, that's right. If you didn't quite understand that reference, it is in reference to the midfielders for the Western Bulldogs who absolutely smashed it. Tore it apart. Yeah. Not 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 just scores of like 120 plus. These are guys that scored over 150 and almost 200 points in Bontempelli's case. He, he absolutely tore it to shreds. I think he, actually someone pointed out on Twitter during the match that he's actually done it in the preseason of 2020. He came out and, and scored a, a shit ton as well. So yeah. Again, talking about preseason form, it's always fraught with danger because I think he came out in round one and he, the same person was saying he, he had a mare. <laughs> so yeah. um, that's the main reason why uh, I don't really like gambling with, with Bond, but you know that's not taking away from the fact he did absolutely smash it. He's got 198 points off 22 CBAs. And then we also had Jack McRae, 158 points off 26 CBAs, which is just crazy. And then Dunkley as well, um, scoring 170 points off 18 CBAs. So in terms of all these guys, I know there's a lot of people that have been sending in questions yeah. as well, and some of which will yep. be featured in the um, in the segment on our show later on. But how much weight can we hold to these performances? Um, you know, they were demolished by a non-existent Demons midfield, um, missing the likes of Oliver, Viney and Brayshaw. You know, can we really buy that much into it? Or, you know, if we can, 
who do we hold more weight towards out of these three guys in particular? I think that's obviously something to consider that this is obviously a preseason game. They were playing against yeah, depleted, depleted yeah, yeah. Um, opposition there. So I, I, I'm sort of, I think it's, it's hard to hold a whole heap of weight to it, but I do think that, uh, that there's some positive signs for some of those, those midfielders in the, at the doggies. And I guess uh, two of those three guys that have, that have been in discussions that I've seen as well in the Supercoach community have been Bont and McRae, which leads us into our next segment, which is Compare the Pair. Same age, same income, same starting balance. That's right. Uh, compare the Pair, a new segment this week, uh, and it'll be a regular one that we run throughout the year. So in Compare the Pair, we'll be uh, comparing two players um, who might be competing for the same spot on your side. And we'll even open it up at times uh, for you to give us uh, some suggestions as to who you might be comparing and uh, we'll, we'll give you our thoughts on, on who you should pick. So first up, the Bont and McRae. So who are you going for? Of these two, I mean, if I was going to rank the three Doggies players we spoke of, including Dunkley, I would say McRae first, Dunkley second, and Bont third. So you could probably say there's a bit of a, a, bit of a gap between McRae and Bont if we're just yep. comparing those two. Just purely because of the fact that, you know, as you spoke about with with Bont's um, propensity to really have those massively high ceiling games and then have another game where, again, can be dictated by, you know, being swung forward by Bevo or being a bit part player, roaming in defence, that sort of thing. Um, For me, his scoring can be quite erratic at times where I I see McRae as more of a, you know, a consistent, assured, high-scoring option from week to week. And it's those consistent scorers that I really they appeal to me more, especially in head-to-head leagues as well, because you don't want to be having those players that smash it one week and the next week they have yeah, an absolute course. downer for you and you know, can cost you a match or a finals game in your head-to-head finals. So for me, I'm going to choose McRae over Bond. Um, the other thing to factor in as well is that uh, Aaron Norton got injured on the weekend, hurt his forearm, and you know if he is out for a little while, uh, there could be a chance yeah. that Bont is pushed forward, which I think could potentially happen anyway if Trelaw uh, just jumps straight into the end room and, and, and smashes it from the outset. For me, um, you know, I, I just I have more assurance and more confidence in McRae. What about yourself? Yeah, I, I'm fully with you there. Um, if I was having to choose between these two, McRae would be uh, the, the, the one first picked easily. I think with with Bevo's propensity to uh, to throw those magnets around, um, I don't think it affects McRae as much. He's not going to throw McRae forward or as, as much as he would Bond. I think McRae at worst probably goes out to a wing and even then has the ability to just accumulate those those possessions and and those points as well. So, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think for me it's just McRae. Easy, easy as, and that's the reason why he's in my team. And uh, off the back of that, that's a, that's a quick one, but um, as you said, uh, throughout the year we'll be – We'll be introducing that as a regular segment. So if you have any options that uh, that spring to mind or any any two players that you're just debating over, whether it be trade-outs or trade-ins or anything else, uh, feel free to, to tweet us um, or send them in. Okay, and with that, we jump into our next segment, which is... I got to know! <laughs> hey, I got to know. Yes, that's right. It is one of my favourite segments, I got to know. And uh, the first question was sent in by Troy Bates on Facebook. And he asks, probably a two-part question, Real versus Toronto, and should I use extra money to upgrade Crips to Fife? Um, I'll tackle the first part of the question yep. because it involves two of my um, <laughs> love children. Um, I absolutely <laughs> love both of these guys as options and, and absolutely love Rally in terms of just a football sense and the fact that he's a complete gun. But, yeah, these are two guys I seriously rate. And 
I've made it super obvious with my love affair with both players over the well, the first couple of episodes <laughs> so far. So, um, yeah, for me, Taranto presents as the best value option, and I've I've been preaching this pretty hard. Priced at an average of eighty four, uh, which is <laughs> which is pretty good value considering that we we know that he's shown the ability to average over a hundred, like he did in two thousand and nineteen. So for me, he holds a bit of sway right there. And then when it comes to Raul, you know, he's just a complete freak of nature. He scored in round two, three, and four last year, 171, 141, and 114, uh, which shows his real high scoring ability and, and massive ceiling. And uh, it's probably one thing that we'll, uh, we'll throw out there to the Supercoach community on Twitter. One big call that we're both going to make, and uh, one of my calls is I think Raul is going to have no trouble whatsoever averaging 120. Uh, I just think he's, he's just doesn't matter how Gold Coast are playing. He is like in the Gary Ablett mold where he's just going to grab every single Gold Coast player, put them onto onto his back and just carry the load because he's just an yeah. absolute gun. Comparing both of these players, I think it really comes down to how much money you have to spare. Um, I think there's a little bit of a difference in terms of uh, of the price range here. There's, there's Raul is 495100 and Taranto is 453.700. So there is a little bit of a difference there. Yep. I think if you can afford Raul, I would jump on him. But if you can't, I'll jump on Taranto. This is a bit of an each way bet there in explaining <laughs> both. But I think it's really hard for me to to, yeah. to really separate the two. I think Taranto should be in your side anyway. Uh, he presents, as I said, the best value option. Uh, and Raul, I think just in terms of his, uh, you know, not just money-making ability, but I think he's going to actually be a keeper. So for me... Um, Jump on both if you can, if you can. But if not, then it probably comes down to money. Um, but uh, the second part of the question, what's, uh, how do you approach that, Liam? Yeah, so first off, Boqueno la dos. Uh, I've got both, so why not just take both of them? I'm definitely with you there, Damon. I think there's there's some good value on both of those ones. Um, sorry for any Spanish speakers out there. I probably butchered that. Um, so, yeah, so the second part of the question um, was just around the extra money to upgrade uh, Crips to Fife. Uh, for mine, I probably wouldn't be looking to upgrade Crips to Fife, just more so with Fife's role. Uh, I think Long uh, Longmire has uh, already flagged that he's probably going to be spending some more time in that forward role and letting that young midfield really develop. Obviously, he'll still probably roll through that midfield anyway, as, as it's required. But yeah, just, just that more forward line time could affect his scoring a little bit. And also my, my main concern with five every year is just that he generally doesn't play a full season. He always misses a couple of games here or mm. there, um, generally either through injury or, or obviously suspension as well sometimes. Um, so I generally try to avoid him and bring him in a bit later in the season. I, I, I very rarely start him. I think I started him once in the past three years. Um, of playing super coach yeah, and that that first time was my first season and I, I just got burnt by him I think he got injured it was a laid out yeah ever since then I sort of bring him in sort of in the back half of the season generally after his after he's had that suspension or, or the injury uh, so I'd probably just yeah I'd probably avoid that upgrade personally and look as for Fife as more of an upgrade option down the line absolutely I think uh, you hit the nail on the head there I, I haven't started Fife uh, for a few seasons running now and it's for that very reason that Either he's going to get injured or he's going to get suspended. So you can you can probably um, bank on one of those two happening and get him for a bit of a, a cheaper cheaper price potentially down the line. And for me, like Cripps, I think he presents a fair bit of value yeah, definitely. Uh, just in terms of his upside. You know, he had a bit of a down year last year. We all know that he hurt his shoulder, which did impact his scoring. And um, yeah, for me personally, I would uh, I would select uh, Cripps over Fife. And then 
with a view of, of potentially trying to get Fife in later in the season. Uh, next question we had from Faslington, who is at Lionel Hutz for Prez. Uh, good old Simpsons reference there. We, uh, we love that here at Supercoach Edge. Uh, he asks, which of the three big dogs are you locking in? Is Dunks a must? I oscillate hourly with my thoughts on the three of them. Uh, well, yeah, we're spoken about um, the big dogs in uh, in length yeah. so far. So just to condense it down for me, McRae, I've, uh, I've got him in my side. Uh, the love affair has been reignited once more uh, at the expense of Oliver. We, I'll try and get in later in the year. But, um, yeah, to the other part of your question, I don't think Dunks is a must, yeah. um, just purely because I'm still scarred by Bevo last year. But from what we've seen so far, really, really promising signs. So if you do want to go down that track, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd definitely encourage it. No worries at all. But uh, for me, McRae. Yeah, definitely. I think I'm on the same page as you there. Uh, so I've currently got none of them in my side. Um, I have considered both Dunks and McRae throughout the preseason. Um, but right now, it's probably my main consideration is probably only on McRae. Um, he's probably the only one that might find his way into my side. Um, and that's just based off the fact that he's less likely to have that, that role that's majorly affected. Uh, he might move to the wing, but he still has that propensity to score there. Um, there's obviously more variability in Bont scoring. Um, he has a big ceiling, but also can have those lower scores. And yeah, as I mentioned, Dunk's role is a bit of a concern for me with uh, Bevo as coach. Moving on to the next question uh, from Sam Oxley, who is at Sam Oxley 18. Uh, does Young still take kick-ins and Ryan back in the side? If not, what does his scoring potential look like? I'll throw that one to you, Damon. Yeah, it's a bit of a hard one. Unless we're in the uh, in the coach's chair, we can't really um, say definitively as to what is going to be happening in terms of the kick-ins. But um, yeah, look, playing devil's advocate, you know, Longmuir may potentially switch between either player uh, during any given game. But I, I think I just get the sense that Freo really want to use Young and get the ball into his hands coming out of defence because he, he is a really, really elite user of the footy by boot. So, uh, you know, even if Ryan does take the kick-ins, I think Young will still be uh, one of the main links in the chain uh, through kickouts, whether it is, you know, Ryan kicking directly yeah. to Young or kicking out to another defender who then kicks the Young who distributes them out of the back half. But yeah, I think I'm pretty confident that uh, his scoring potential won't be affected too much. And uh, like we mentioned earlier as well, he, he still had the ability to score in the high 80s, despite the fact that he, he didn't even take a mark. So for mm-hmm. me... There's uh there's still indications of having a higher ceiling, so um yeah for me it hasn't hasn't wavered uh in my confidence uh, with him. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. So moving on to the next question, uh, we've got my from Michael. He is at underscore Michael's Abel, and he's just asked whether we've got Dunk Dusty or Dunkley for F two. Uh, for mine, Dusty does have a bit can have a bit of a slower start to the season. Um, every every year sort of has those lower stores to start the season. Just imagine what his scores would be like if every game was a final. Oh, <laughs> um, just go absolutely nuts. Dunkley's role is obviously, as, as I've mentioned quite a few times, is somewhat of a concern. Um, you just can't trust Bevo with their stacked midfield. So you may see some more time playing as a forward, uh, which could uh, negatively affect his, uh, his scoring potential. So it is a bit of a coin toss because I do like both players um, with their scoring in general. Um, in the way they play, but I just, I can't really not see Dusty not being a top six forward by the end of the year. Um, so if you're going to pick one of those two, I'd probably start with him, but I do think you probably could get him at a, at a bit of a lower price later on in the season. Good points. Yeah. You've, you've hit the nail on the, the head right there. It's definitely a bit of a, a bit of a coin toss, but uh, 
if I had to pick, I'd go Dunkley just because of the fact that he's got that scoring upside yeah. if he does play exclusively in the midfield in 2021. So, um, yeah, it's, it's something to think about, that's for sure. Next question we have from uh, Nate at N8Dog, <laughs> uh, creatively put on, on Twitter. Uh, he asks, Jeremy Howe will be a top blank defender. So can you fill in those blanks for us, Lane? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, so looking at his Amy uh, Community Series game, uh, he did score 90 off 67% time on ground. So uh, with with that, that's that's pretty pretty incredible scoring. I can see him finishing as, as a top 10 defender, maybe even up into that top sort of six defender. But there's just a bit of a caveat there is that other than last season where he did average that 121 off those four games and just went absolutely insane, um, he hasn't had that great an average across his career. His highest um, season average was 94 back in 2017. The rest have been sort of mid mid to low 90s, um, a few 70s, a few 80s. So so it hasn't got that sort of that, that, that tendency to have those big scores. So while, while I do see him having the ability to, to be that top 10 defender based off uh, off, off his kick-ins and his, and his kicking and his, his intercept marking. It isn't a sure thing in any way. He'd definitely be a wait and see uh, for mine. Yeah. And is this a second parter from him as well? Is it uh, talking about Hunter, Flynn or Meek at Ruck 3? Uh, yeah, this is this is definitely going to be one that um, probably separates a lot of people in yeah. terms of who they go for. Just breaking it down, I think, starting with Hunter, uh, there's no doubt he's going to get ample opportunity to solidify his spot whilst Marshall and Ryder are out. But I really do think the Saints are going to be overly cautious with Marshall because he's got that, that hot spot in his foot. And uh, they just want to make sure that, uh, you know, it doesn't lead to a fracture of any kind because it is a super common injury in Ruckman. Um, so I think based upon that, I think he's, he's been listed at the moment as being potentially coming back around three or thereabouts, around four. But for me, it wouldn't surprise me to see him out for up until round six, I think, because as I said, you know, if they rush him in coming back and, and thinking that he's fine and then he actually injures it again, chances are he's going to do further damage to his foot. Yeah. Um, so for me, I'm quite happy to select Hunter off the back of that. He's bottom priced as well, which factors into it compared to those other two players, which we'll speak about in a second. He's 102,400 um, and he's just super appealing off the back of that because personally for me, he's given me an extra 20K to work with in order to fit in Campbell from the Swans, who's a more higher priced rookie. So he yeah. is leading the charge over the other two because of that. Speaking about Flynn, um, you know, he's been earmarked as being able to take over the number one ruck mantle at the Giants. But uh, he did sit out the Amy Community Series game due to a rolled ankle. The question remains, you know, is he going to be right to go? He's going to be, you know, tip top come round one. Um, he comes in at 124000 So he's a, he's a tad more expensive compared to uh, the other two. But um, he probably comes with a bit more assurance if he is going to come in yeah. and uh, really take over that uh, that number one mantle. Uh, and then when it comes to Meek as well, we've seen uh, so far he's he's performed quite well for uh, for Frio. Uh, he comes in one hundred twenty three thousand nine hundred. But the main query and question mark over him is to whether or not Darcy's going to be fit for round one, Sean yeah. Darcy. And if he is fit to come back, you'd probably say that Meek's not going to get enough game time to warrant you know, a really high score. So it really comes down to whether or not Longmuir wants to, you know, persist with two Ruckman. Yeah. Uh, we did see Rory Lobb go down with a knee injury on the uh, the weekend uh, and Tabernard also being out of the side. So, you know, there may be a spot there, but, you know, he's now contending also 
with uh, with the likes of the new rookie coming in in, uh, in Tracy. So yeah, there's there's too many question marks for him for me really to select him. Um, so if I was going to rank them in order, it'd be Hunter and then Flynn, just and then Meek. Um, yeah, yeah, just purely based upon that extra cash that that Hunter affords me. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you have any different thoughts to me, Lee. For, for mine, it's pretty similar. I just have Flynn slightly ahead of Hunter, just purely based off his of his job security. With with obviously Proust going down and Mumford obviously bowing out of that of that role and only being chosen if if, if he's really needed. But obviously Hunter's Hunter's low price point also makes him super attractive. I I I, I do like like that position too. And then obviously Meek is is yeah not really in my consideration set. With that being said. So let's uh, move on to the next question. Uh, it's from Stuart Clark, who is on Twitter as at StuClark67. Um, and he's just asked uh, about Jordan Clark. And I think we've, yeah, we've already spoken about that, um, about, about, about Jordan Clark earlier in the app. Um, so you can just catch our thoughts there. But that brings us now to uh, the special code word for those of you hanging out listening with, uh, with baited breath. <laughs> I was going to say baited ears. That really doesn't, doesn't work. In order to be considered as one of the 10 people to be given exclusive access to our Discord is you have to follow us, retweet the uh, the tweet that we put out about this code word, and of course, DM us with this soundbite, which is the code word. Delicious. Yes, there it is. That is the code word. So um, make sure you're following us, retweeting that tweet that we put out about the code word in this episode, and of course, direct messaging us with that soundbite uh, code. Uh, but that now brings us to the last segment, which is another segment which will probably bring up a bit of discussion anyway, a bit of heated discussion off the back of some of our selections. So it is our team reveal. <gasps> Mattingly, I thought I told you to trim those sideburns. Go home. You're off the team for good. So it's probably best just to go through, uh, before we go into the full reveal of both of our teams, just to go into the structure of how we structured our lineups in terms of keepers and rookies, because I imagine this is where it's, um, you know, where, where, the, where the difference comes into it across most people's lineups. Yeah. So we'll start with yours, Liam. Yeah, perfect. So in defence, I've gone, um, I've gone with four keepers um, and and two rookies uh, on, on field. Uh, I've got in my midfield five keepers, uh, three rookies, uh, which includes Dow. Uh, my rack lineup is two keepers. I'll let you guess who they are. Who would they be? Yeah, I wonder which ones. Jesus, I have no idea. Is it Hunter and me? Yeah, yeah, definitely. They're my two keepers. <laughs> Hopefully they play all season. Um, and then my forwards, I've got one keeper, uh, three mid-prices. I'll, I'll go into why I've sort of classified them that way in, in a second. And then two rookies. Uh, what about for you, Damon? Yes, uh I've gone a very, very similar structure. Yeah. Um, probably the only difference is between defense and midfield. Yeah. So I've gone for one less keeper than you. I've got three keepers and two rookies. Um, oh, sorry, I should say three rookies. Um, but one you could probably classify as a bit of a mid-pricer. Yeah. Uh, the midfield is consisting of – it's very, very deep. It's, it's probably more deep than previous years. But it's sort of where I'm hoping to do the bulk of my scoring. Uh, so I've got six keepers and two yeah. rookies, one of which uh, is is Dow. So I've, I've virtually only got one traditional rookie in my uh, my starting 22 in the midfield, which is quite very unique. Um, and then very, very deep. Um, and then in the ruck, I've got two keepers. Um, and, you know, I made a joke before about Hunter and Meek. Um, to some people, that actually isn't a joke. I've seen some people put, uh, put those two guys yeah. or a Flynn, a Hunter as ruck one, ruck two. 
guys, don't do it. Honestly, like it, it'd be fun to see you guys do it. Like if anyone out there is actually doing it, <laughs> keep us, you know, informed as to how you guys are going. But if I was going to, at least please select Gorn if you're going to yeah. roll the dice. It's just a bit too silly because you're just going to be playing catch up and you're not going to be able to catch up. So anyway, we're delving into something else here. <laughs> but, um, forwards, I've um, I've gone exactly the same as you. One keeper, yeah. three mid-prices and two rookies. Do you want to start us off with your team in detail? Yep. So I'll start with the defenders. Um, so I've gone with uh, the ever-reliable Jake Lloyd. Um, obviously some injury concern over him i'm not too worried about it horse did mention that if if it had been a, a round one game he would have played even though he did miss that preseason game i think it was just a bit of a, a strained uh back of the knee apparently from kicking a ball off the ground in in the scratch match uh r2 i've got sorry r2 d2 i've got r led oh my god r2 d2 uh, so, led <laughs> uh, coming in at, uh, yeah, yeah, in my second position. I've got Caleb Daniel, um, Jaden Short, um, rounding out my primos in defense. And then I've got Lockie Jones starting, Highmore, and then uh, uh, Briggs, and then Aiden Fife on the bench. Yeah, so uh, just to compare with mine, mine's very, very similar, apart from obviously that, that one less primo or keeper. Uh, so, yeah, I've got uh, Jake Lloyd, who I think everyone needs to get him in, get him in their sides. I think it's it's probably a blessing in disguise, the fact that he's had, you know, this injury scare because it scared off quite a few people, which yeah. may have driven down the amount of you know ownership, which plays into our hands because he's one of those guys alongside Neil, Gorn and Grundy that you just need to start with that are just non-negotiables. So he's on my side. I've also got Laird at D2 or R2-D2, as you described, which I like. Uh, then I've got Jaden Short coming in uh, in the third position. And then that uh, mid-pricer slash rookie uh, that I spoke about, Eden Hayden Young, yeah. uh, coming in at that awkward price of 279 400 but uh, someone I'm really bullish about. Then I've got Jones, uh, the rookie defender for Port Adelaide. Uh, then I've got Briggs um, from the Giants. Again, that's sort of a caveat there is that, you know, unsure if, if Flynn plays. If Flynn plays as a number one ruck position, I don't know if Briggs is going to play if not, then I'll probably switch Highmore into that playing position, mm-hmm. which probably in that case, I'd need to find someone else to replace Brick because I'm not too sure if he's going to get a game yeah. if Flynn is in the side. Um, and then on the bench, I've got Highmore, and then I've got Aiden Fife, who is my floating donut. Yeah, nice one. Obviously, so I just I just do what I mentioned with my team. Um it is sort of a, a little bit of a work in, not, not work in progress, but there's a little bit of a, a change in it. So I have been sort of switching between a, um, a, th- a three, a three primos in the, in defense, um, and one, one mid pricer to then increase my, my midfield, uh, depth, but then sort of switching back between the two. So uh, I'll obviously finalize that later this week. So moving on to my midfield. Uh, so I've got lucky Neil in M1, I've got Clayton Oliver, Zach Merritt, Damon's boy, Maddie Rao, and followed by Timmy Taranto. Yeah. Uh, also Damon's boy, Paddy Rao. Wow. Just my whole team. It's Paddy Rao. Paddy Dow. <laughs> um, and my rookies uh, after Dow are Campbell, Powell from the North Melbourne. And on my bench, I've got Brockman, Downey, and Golden. Yes, uh, I'm sort of a, a very similar structure to yourself. I've obviously got one one more keeper in the midfield than I do yep. in defence, which is the opposite to you. Uh, so I've got Lockie Neal, ever reliable, 
Uh, then I've got McRae coming in in the second position. Third spot, I've got the, I'm going to call him ever-reliable, but he's, he's going to be, I've got, I think I've just got a team full of my boys. I can't, I can't claim all these players, but Sammy Walsh for, for the bag is absolutely love him. I really can see him taking his game yeah. to the next level. Walsh, he had 24, that's exactly right, 24 CBAs. So that, that was absolutely massive. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, comparing it to Williams, who had 16. Ed Kerner had 15. Paddy Cripps had 25. So, you know, he's, he's getting almost as many as, as Cripper does in the, um, in the engine room. So that says to me that he's going to um, take his game to another level, playing more time in the engine room. Then uh, that bloke I just spoke of, Paddy Cripps, I think he's just pure value coming in at 523.700. Then I, alongside him, I've got Matty Rao. And then I've also got my other boy, Taranto um, rounding out that sixth spot. And then the next couple of spots, I've got Paddy Dow. And then pure rookies, I've got Campbell from Sydney, Brockman and Downey from Hawthorne, and then Goulden from the Swans. Nice one. It's very similar structures there. Yeah, I think the um, one thing I should mention as well is that um, one guy who I think a lot of you will be like, where's, where's Powell from North Melbourne? Um, he's the one guy who I just could not find the cash for yeah. to get him in. So my contingency is, you know, because Campbell and Dow are at a very similar price point to him, if one of those two fail, I think I'm quite willing to use one of my trades to bring Powell in. If Powell does look as though he's going to yeah, score definitely. out of his out of his nose, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, that, that's sort of my approach to it. I wish I had the money to bring him in, but I I just I just can't unfortunately. But um, yeah. So uh, that takes us on to the rucks, which. Uh, which probably speak for themselves, don't they? Yep. Uh, so I, I have, as I mentioned, got two keepers there, um, and that is the ever-reliable uh, Gaundy setup. Yeah, as David mentioned, just go with it, guys. If, if Don't risk the, the Flynn, Meek, Hunter setup. <laughs> I, I, just, I, I just don't think it's going to pay off in the long run. Uh, the, the cash that you're going to have to make to get them back in isn't worth it. The points that you make up in other areas of the field probably don't help you as much either. Um, you're just going to be behind from the get-go, I think. So I do have I do have on my bench uh, Hunter. I did say that Flynn was probably my my top pick, but just the, 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 the price, I guess, at this stage, I was just trying to fit everybody in. I probably would prefer to have Flynn in, um, but right now I've got Hunter in, just, just ba- purely based off that price. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. Like, I would have chosen Flynn over Hunter, um, but, yeah, based upon that price point, and the fact that he has, uh, you know, the extra cash has afforded me to get Campbell in, who was one guy that I was that was really trying to get into my side. So, yeah, Hunter is in for me at R3. What about forwards? Yep, so forwards I've got uh, Paddy Dangerfield at F1. I've got Jai Caldwell, the new Bummers recruit, in my uh, coming in at F2. Jack Zebel, uh, Jarman Impey. And then for rookies, I've got uh, Miles Bergman or Bergman, I'm not entirely sure how you pronounce that, and uh, Rao or Rowe. And uh, on my bench, I've got Tracy and uh, Scott. Yeah, well, we've got, we've got an identical forward line. <laughs> how about that? <laughs> Love it. So that's, um, I'd actually, no, sorry, my mistake. I've got Waterman instead of instead of um, mm. Bergman, was it? You had for Port? Yeah, I've got Berg, uh, yeah, Bergman yeah. From, from Port. I wanted Bergman in, but um, I had to settle for the the lowest price option in Waterman. So uh, yeah, that's that's really the only difference. But um, it looks as though just looking at both of our structures, they are super super similar, yeah, which is similar. Uh, which 
I, hopefully that means that so we're both on the right track. Hopefully. <laughs> Either that or we've been copying each other's uh, notes like, you know, we're sitting next to each other in an exam <laughs> or something. <laughs> we're just keen peeking over. But um, no, it, it looks as though we're on a very similar path. I think, yeah, the main difference will come down in a lot of sides as to how people treat their defence yeah. um, and the fact that there's a lack of really decent uh, rookies coming in into defence. So I'm rolling the dice a little bit. I know um, you're going with the uh, the one extra keeper. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm just hanging my hat on, on Young uh, being able to bridge the gap there between the two rookies and the other uh, three keepers that I've got. So yeah, nice one. yeah it'll be a, a bit of a wait and see there. But um, that pretty much brings us to the end of uh, this episode. But before we wrap it up, let's just remind our listeners as to where they can find us. On Twitter, you can find us at, at supercoach underscore edge. You'll find Damon at at DamoJ88. You'll find myself at at L underscore Evans underscore 95. And on Facebook and Insta, you'll find us at SuperCoachEdge. You can also email us at AFLSuperCoachEdge at gmail.com. Um, obviously, with round one fast approaching, uh, feel free to DM us or send us an email uh, with any of your questions or any of your teams uh, if you want to. Uh, give, if you want us to send you some feedback, um, we're more than happy to look at it. We've been enjoying seeing so many teams already um, in the lead up to, to to round one and this this podcast as well. Yeah, off the off the back of that as well, I probably should mention uh, also about our Patreon page, which we've uh, which we've started. Now we we did create a third tier, and it was it was very very audacious and very uh, very hopeful by us to try and fill <laughs> a league um, so close out from the uh, from the season starting but uh looks as though we're going to have to put that on ice and you know hopefully uh, aim for that next year potentially but the first two tiers that we've got um check them out on patreon you know anything that you guys can um can help us out with is, is greatly appreciated it goes towards um you know microphone uh purchasing which you will have heard as well the uh, the clear christmas <laughs> from uh from liam's side uh because he has actually bought um a really high uh high price fan dangle microphone now you've um you've done quite well there um, but yeah, like anything you can do to help, um, obviously goes towards that. Um, those fancy graphics that you see on our social channels have been made by, um, a bloke by the name of Kiff, who I work with at, uh, the Collingwood Football Club does really, really awesome work. Um, so hit him up, um, or hit me up, um, yeah, and I can give you his details, but he's, he's one guy who's, Legend. he's, um, really poured in amount of, uh, blood, sweat and tears to really, um, create those graphics. So you know, anything you can help out with. And then, of course, is uh, is the, the fees that come along with hosting a podcast on Podbean. Um, it's not for free, folks. I wish it was, <laughs> but um, it's one of those things that, um, you know, in order to get content up and running, you've, uh, you've got to dip into your pocket. But um, that's fine. But, you know, anything you guys can, can do to help, that is greatly appreciated. But in return, obviously, you'll get access to uh, an exclusive uh, Discord which we've set up for the Supercoach Edge community where you can have a chat amongst yourselves, pick the brains, the collective brains of myself and Liam, uh, throw questions at us, um, all that sort of stuff. And then there's a second tier also, which goes above and beyond that, which allows you exclusive access to a weekly Q&A um, if you're interested in going that extra level. So uh, check that out. There's uh, there's the two tiers there, different price options. And um, I think it works out to be the first tier. It's something like a dollar twenty per episode and i think the next tier is about two dollars something per episode yeah. so if you're breaking it down in terms of that it's um you know per week uh it, it really is nothing but uh, as i said anything you can do to help us is greatly appreciated yeah thanks guys uh that takes us to the uh to the very 
end of this episode. Um, we're on the cusp of round one. We're super excited. Um, I'm just excited to see uh, my man, Matty Rao, pull on the boots. The, uh, <laughs> the, like, like, I think they call them career savers, I think, because they don't traditionally have the stops in them. They're, they're just like traditional runners. Oh. Um, and there's not many players that wear them, but they're called career savers. So I'm very, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see him pull those boots on yet again. Uh, excited for, the, uh, for another season to get underway on Thursday. Wherever you are listening to this podcast in, in preparation for round one, hopefully uh, what you've heard today helps you in constructing your sides. But uh, like we've said, hit us up across our social channels and we're always happy to help. So on Twitter, you can find us at, at supercoach underscore edge. You'll find Damon at, at damoj88. You'll find myself at, at al underscore evans underscore 95. And on Facebook and Insta, just search supercoach edge and you'll find us there. And just a heads up also that uh, going on from week to week from now, uh, the episodes will be released on every Wednesday. So uh, feel free to hit us up on all of your different podcasting channels, whatever you use, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Podbean, wherever it is you uh, consume us, it'll be every Wednesday. So um, all the very best in finalizing your sides in preparation for round one. Thanks so much for tuning in. Catch you next Wednesday. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.